0: Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the word together.
1: If you can please turn with me. We're going to take a little detour for these next few weeks because of Christmas. And so if you can open up to James chapter 1, verse 1. Title of our message this morning is, Count it all joy this Christmas season. During the Christmas time, there's some people that struggle with depression. Some people struggle with stress. Some people struggle with just being down. I know sometimes the single people, you know, they can um, go through a difficult time. You know, maybe even if they've, you know, they broke up with someone recently. And it can be a difficult time for people that are single. Um, Those that have lost loved ones, as we think of Bob Wallstein is going to have his first Christmas without his dad. And I know uh, these times can be be troubling during those times. Also, even if you're just separated from your family. And I know the enemy loves to work on us, you know, in different areas. And so it can be. I remember when I was at Calvary uh, Costa Mesa answering the prayer lines, I remember uh, during the Christmas season, you know, we would get many calls uh, for people that were depressed, people that were lonely, people that were stressed out. And it just kind of increased during this time of year but I want to remind you that there's something that should mark all of us as Christians and it's called joy we're to be marked with this thing called joy and we're to count it all joy no matter what trials we go through no matter what takes place in our life there's a joy that comes from Jesus and he's truly you know we hear people say Jesus is the reason for the season but it's true He's the reason for the season. If we have Jesus, then we should have joy, right? So let's go ahead. Let's take a look in our text here. So that's James chapter 1, verse 1, and we're just going to look at the first five verses. James speaking says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, without reproach, and it will be given to him. What a wonderful letter. I don't know if you've had any time studying the, this letter of James, the book of James, but uh, it's... Probably the most practical book in the New Testament. I love that about the uh, james it's so practical. it 's our instruction book, um, the How to book. So it, it gives us you know different instructions i 've heard someone even say it 's the, it's the Christianity for dummies book, and i, I don 't know if that's true, but, <laughs> but another thing I love about the book of James is that it reminds us that this Christian life that we have it's not just an intellectual faith that we have it's not just a you know a mental faith that we have but it's something that we walk out practically and he he even tells us he instructs us that if you have faith without good works then really your faith is dead that you really don't have a true saving faith if it doesn't show practically, if there's nothing tangible, and meaning if there is never a change in your life, you really don't have a living faith. And James makes that very clear. And, and I'm very concerned many times with people in the church where they go to church and they say, I'm a Christian, but really their life has not changed. And they refuse to allow the lordship of Jesus Christ to come live inside of them and to turn from sin and allow God to change their life. And I want to put a shout out to everybody that's here to make sure you understand. James makes it very clear. If you have a faith without works, good works, If it hasn't changed your life, then your faith is dead. You might have an intellectual faith here this morning. You might have even had an emotional faith. You said a prayer and tears came running down your eyes and you're like, oh, it's so emotional, Pastor. I remember the day 40 years ago and and it happened. But if nothing's changed in your life, if Christ is not living inside of you, changing your life, then you have a faith that's dead. It's not a true faith. And God wants you to be uncomfortable. He wants you to be uncomfortable because he wants to change you. He wants you to be so uncomfortable with your sin that you turn from your sin. You give your life totally to Christ, and you allow him to live inside of you, and you allow him to be Lord. And that's one of the reasons why I love the book of James, the letter that we have here, because he tells us like it is. Faith without works is dead. We need a faith that works. And God has that faith for you, and God wants to change you. So don't be comfortable if you're comfortable in your sin today. If you're practicing sin and you're, you're saying, well, God understands. How many people, I don't want to show, I'll raise my hand. <laughs> I'll raise my hand. <laughs> you hear people say that, God understands. What? God doesn't understand. God doesn't, God's saying, no, I understand that you're in your sin and that you're practicing sin and you're living in sin, but I want to change you. I understand that you're stuck, but I don't understand why you're not turning from your sin because I want to change you. I want to give you new life. I want to come and live inside of you. I want to give you a better life than you've ever had in your whole life completely because I want to give you a spiritual life, but I cannot give you a spiritual life as long as you stay in your sin. So it's a very practical book. Helps us to understand. Look back if you can, please. Look at verse 1. It says, James, a bondservant. God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad greetings James is writing to the 12 tribes of Israel the Jewish believers the believers in Christ they're scattered abroad because of persecution so this letter is going out to give them instruction and to you know tell them you know Thus saith the Lord, and this is what God wants. But did you notice, uh, first off, James. Uh, Who is this James? Most of you know this. If if you're a believer and you've walked with the Lord, you realize this is the half-brother of Jesus Christ. This man grew up with Jesus. Could you imagine being the brother to Jesus? Can you imagine the parents constantly saying, Why can't you be more like Jesus? (laughs) I mean, come on. But James did not believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah until after the resurrection. And James had a personal encounter with Jesus. And when he had that personal encounter with Jesus, his life was radically changed. So much so, they he's known as uh, Camel Knees because he spent so much time on his knees. He was a man of prayer. James. So much so, was his life so radically changed that this man, James, became the leader in the church. He was the main leader in Jerusalem of the Christian church. People looked to him for answers and he, he was radically changed. This man, James, have you been changed? Tradition tells us, not the Bible, but it tells us that James was martyred for his faith. It tells us that the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that day, they, they hated him so much because of his powerful testimony in Christ that they pushed him off the, the temple, at the temple. They pushed him off and he fell down and they went to him. They beat him to death with clubs because of Jesus. They didn't believe in his Jesus. Tradition also tells us that while they were beating him, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Does that sound familiar? But Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't know. What a changed man. And I don't know about you, but I... You know, I think through this and being the half-brother of Jesus, being the main leader of the church, and if you start off a letter, I think it would be worth mentioning at the beginning, saying, hey, this is James, I'm the half-brother of Jesus, blood-brother of Jesus Christ. You would think he would mention that, and if not, you know, just that, he probably should say, and I am, by the way, I am the head leader of this church. But he doesn't say that, does he? He says, servant." He opens up his letter and he says, not the head honcho. I'm not the, you know, I don't want to be known because I grew up with Jesus. I, we shared the same mother. I don't even want to tell you about my power. I'm not going to drop names. I'm not going to pull rank. I'm not telling you anything. I'm telling I'm a fellow servant. What humility. God loves humility. God hates pride. God thrives when those humble themselves under his hand that word bondservant the greek word is is doulos if you're a note taker doulos the greek word and it it means a permanent slave a, a volunteer slave i i've become a slave of who of of god and of the lord jesus christ he says no no I, i'm not the half brother of jesus he's the lord he's the king he's the king of kings he's the lord of lords and i'm 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 his humble servant i'm his slave for eternity for i'm a slave forever and it might remind us here today, it's a good reminder that, that we're to be called slaves to Jesus Christ. We're, we're do losses. And if you're a woman, it's, it's, it's do lay. So the female version is do lay. So you're the do We're the do losses, but it means we're servants. We're permanent servants of God. And might this be a reminder for us that, that we're called when you gave your life to Christ, when you gave, when you said a prayer that you said, Lord, you're Lord. I'm your do loss. I'm your do lay. I'm your permanent servant, Lord. And might I remind you, if you said a prayer to receive Jesus Christ, to come live inside of you, and you gave your life to Christ, hopefully when you said that prayer, you said, be Lord of my life. Amen? Did you say that? How many said that? To be Lord of my life? Not everybody. Can we have a show of hands? Can we hold them up? I'm just curious. Yeah, that's better. There you go. (laughs) Got one little hand here, one little hand there. Yeah, probably about 90% of the room. But we said, "Be Lord." That means He is. He's the one that's instructing us, and we're just his servants. And I believe it's a great reminder. This man of God that was changed, named James, he became a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we're called to be, folks. Servants of the Most High King. That means giving up your will, giving up your way, giving up your plans, giving up what you think, giving up. You're, you're, you know, what you desire many times to do what he wants. But can I tell you, it's better, it's greater, and it's far beyond, far more, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think his plan for your life. But many times it's letting go of the plans that you have and the desires you have because God has better. And many times we're just holding on, no, oh God, this is my plan and he's so gracious he's so kind he says oh you want to keep going with your plan go ahead how's it working out for you you're like well it's okay it's not too bad and then years go on it's like okay it's not that good Lord it's getting worse Lord actually it's terrible Lord actually do you have a plan God says I know my thoughts that I have towards you they're good they're not evil I have a future I have a hope I have good plans for you But you need to let go of your plan. You need to let go of your will. You need to let go of what you think is okay and best for your life, especially if it's sin. Because He can never bless that. He will never bless that. He can't bless that. He can't be one with that. But it can even be good things that we can hold on to. It's so precious. I believe I told the story before, but I remember the story about this young child. His fist was stuck in a vase. Remember that story? And the parents were trying to get the, the, his fist out of the vase, and they put oil on it. They put all kinds of stuff, soap and everything, and they, went, they couldn't get his fist out of this vase. This f- vase was just a priceless heirloom, and it was going to be this child's when he grew up. And, but they had no choice. They had to break it to get his hand out. And finally they got his hand out and they pried open his hand and they looked inside of his hand and he had a little penny inside of his hand. And this little baby just thought that penny was so this shiny little penny meant so much but he wouldn't let go of it but he didn't realize that he had to give he gave up this priceless heirloom. And I think we can do that. We're just holding on. No, 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 God, you don't understand. This is mine. This is mine. I want this. This is how it's going to be. This is me. And he's like, just let go of that penny. But it's priceless. It's shiny. It just, it looks cool. I want to keep it. And he's saying, I have so much better for you. Don't you get it? You got to let go of that penny. I told that story at a Bible study once years ago, and there was a young man there that I knew didn't know the Lord, and it was the mother that brought this son, and she's been praying for him for salvation, and he finally shows up, and he heard the study, and I just went over, I felt led by the Lord, went over to him, and I says, what is it that you're holding on to? I kid you not, he had a phone in his pocket, while I said that, it went off, it rang, and it was a cell phone, he had stolen someone's cell phone at the Bible study, and he took it, and he threw it on the table, he goes, how did you know I had that? Laughter and the lady at the house that owned the house, she says, oh, there's my phone. Thank you. She was, I was just ringing it to see who had it and where it was. And it was in his pocket. He was stealing it. And I just got done saying, what are you holding on to? And, he, and I was like, I, I said, don't you get it? He goes, no. He goes, my mom told you, told you that I stole that. And I said, no, nobody told me nothing. I didn't know a thing. It's God that loves you. You need to let go of your old life. True story. It was So awesome, my wife and I, We got a few days off last week. We went to Solvang, It was fun. It was relaxing. It was so good. On our way back we stopped to to get something to eat. Actually in LA we stopped at a Chipotle there in LA. And imagine that, you know. (laughs) Thought we'd try something new. (laughs) And in line there was this this young man and he was all dressed up. He had a you know tie on and all. So I just said, I said, hey, where do you work? And he says, well, I do all kinds of stuff. He says, I, I, I don't know. I do this, and I, I do this. And he's all nervous. And I said, I said no, I just asked you because you're dressed up. I thought you just got off work. And he says, oh, no, no, no. He says, no, I didn't get off work. He says, actually, I just met with some millionaires. And he says, they're going to kind of mentor me. He says, I'm going to really make it big. And I was like, oh. it's like 20-some years old, 21, 22. And he's like all wiry. I'm going to really make it big. And I said, oh, OK, yeah, OK, great. And I'm just praying for him, and I'm getting my food, and I'm just praying. He's behind me, you know. And then I just, you know, the corner of my eye, I just saw him in his pocket. He's just kind of looking to see how much money he had. And then he says, well, how much is that? And he's trying to, like, you know. So I felt the Lord prompt me, I mean, strongly, just just buy him, buy him his lunch, you know. So, it's, so I get up to my line, and she says, is that all? I said, no, I just want to get his, too. And his was like $5 or something like that. He got something small. And uh and he says, no, what are you doing? I says, no, I, I want to buy that for you. He goes, he goes, you don't even know me. And I says, yeah, but God knows you, and he loves you. And he says, are you kidding me? He says, no, I can't take it from you. I said, no, I, I insist. I believe the Lord's telling me to just buy that for you. It's OK.
0: And
1: he's like, well, why would you do that? Why? Are you? And he's just like, and he started hugging me. He started hugging my wife. And he's like, why would you? I said, hey, you can hug me. Don't hug my wife. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. (laughs) I thought that, but I didn't say that. No, No, I didn't think. I'm just joking. But it opened a marvelous door to tell him about Jesus. I says, God loves you so much. I says, I don't know if you've heard this before, but Jesus died for you. I says God has a wonderful plan, and He's, and he, you know, He wants to know you personally, and He sent His Son because sin separates us from Jesus, from God, and Jesus paid the price. So I had to share the gospel with him. And he's like, he still hugging me. Says, "You don't believe? This is such a divine appointment. And can I get your phone number?" And da da, da. I said, "Yeah." So he had his phone. He gave him my phone number, and and we'll see what happens. But I just believe it was just a wonderful work of God's Spirit, and I want to say, just you know. We're his servants. We're God's servants. And I felt strongly, I mean strongly, the Lord was, if not, I don't say it was audibly, but the Lord said, no, buy, I want you to buy this for him. And we're servants. We're, you know, if we can be in tune with our master, it's such a wonderful thing to watch him work. He goes on to say, James says, my brethren. So we know this is written to the believers again, the Jewish believers, but it's also Written for us, it's God's word. My brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, our faith will be tested. And we have a choice to make, to to allow those trials in our lives to bring us down, or we can look up. We can allow those trials that come. We will have trials. We will have tribulation, not the tribulation, but we will have you know, persecution and, and tribulation. And, and when those trials and those persecutions come, we have a choice. Are we going to look up? Or are we going to allow it to bring us down? And James is saying, no, 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 count it all. Did you notice I even capitalized A-L-L? Call, call it all joy. Every trial you go through, just count it joy it's like an accounting thing it's just a, it comes your way and it's i think it's it's very healthy for us to realize this a trial comes difficulty comes it's like situations come oh, it's it wants to overwhelm you like i don't know what i'm going to do I, I don't know how to handle this thing and it's like and so it's it, that temptations there is to bring you down to be overwhelmed to to be fearful to be worried to be anxious to to to, to fret but it's saying, no, no, instead of that, count it joy. So I've been doing this. I've been applying this. Count it joy. It's coming my way. <laughs> That's impossible, Lord. I don't even know if you're going to handle this one. Lord, I count it joy. And it does something to us when we just say, I'm going to count it joy. And even your spouse might say, well, how is this going to work out? I don't know. <laughs> I'm doing my best, but I'm going to count it joy. It's coming our way. We're just going to count it all joy. And we look to the one. We look up because he has unlimited resources. He has unlimited strength. We don't. We have limited resources. So the enemy wants to use that trial to bring you down, to, to make you depressed, and to, to you know get you overwhelmed. But no, we look up. We look up to him who has unlimited resources and say, God, I need help in this situation. I lack wisdom, as it goes on to say. I need wisdom in this situation. I'm going to trust you're going to give me all the wisdom I need, and you're going to handle it, and I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight. Truly. And I've been applying this in my life lately. I've been just, you know, putting it to practice. This is a practical book. Count it all joy. When trials come your way, please do this. During the week, you'll probably have at least one trial, okay? I just hate to break it to you. You'll probably have at least one during the week. And I want you to try this. because This is God's word. It's a practical book. This is application. When the trial comes, I'm going to say, God, I just count this joy, and I guarantee, wait a second, what's going to happen? It's going to get worse, though, okay? i just I'm going to warn you. I'm just going to warn you. I will warn you. Because it's true. It's just going to get worse. Because it's a test. It's a test of your faith. It's a test to say, you know, do you really trust that? So then it's going to get worse, and you're going to have to say, okay. And then the enemy is like giving both barrels now, right? And I want you to try this again. When it gets worse, just say, you know what? I'm still going to count it all joy. Joy, J-O-Y, joy. We're going to just count this joy. And even if it gets worse, you're going to say, we got a big J, we got a big O, we got a big Y. I'm going to count it joy. I'm not going to let this trial rock my faith and steal my joy. I'm just going to rejoice in the Lord. And it works because it's God's word. And because God wants us to rejoice always, constantly, constantly take joy in whatever comes your way friday we were setting up with all this stuff and for the play and and there's only a few of us here. So there was extra work. And we're like, well, we don't have enough hands. And so all hands on deck. So we're here. And, and usually Friday, at least I work on getting the title of the message and the scripture reading and, and, you know, this, you know, read some stuff and commentaries and stuff. And I'm like, okay, no, you know, we just don't have time. We're, we're here from early, you know, keep going, going, going. No time. And then I know I'm like, okay, you know, don't, and I told Brenda, Hey, usually by five, I have the title. You're not going to get it at five o'clock. I just want to let you know, I can't do it. And, and that's just, but the Lord just kept saying, count it all. Joy. It doesn't mean I was being irresponsible. No, don't, please don't get me wrong. It doesn't say that's a ticket, you know, be irresponsible and call it all joy. No, no, <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm saying. No, I'm saying when circumstances are such where you have no control over your circumstances, there's nothing you can do to change your circumstances, you've tried everything to change your circumstances, then you count it joy because you know that God has got another plan. But it's a reminder for us to guard over that great joy that we have in Christ. Guard it. Don't allow the enemy to steal it. Count it all joy when trials come your way. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I would love to wish you and your family a very blessed Christmas. And also, I'd like to take this time to invite you, the K-Wave audience, to our fifth annual Christmas drama play, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It's a free event, and we would love if you can come and join us. We have five performances beginning on Monday, December 12th, Tuesday, the 13th, Thursday, the 15th, Friday, the 16th, and for our last performance, it'll be held on Sunday, the 18th. They all begin at 7 p.m. We look forward to seeing you here. God bless you, and have a Merry Christmas.
0: You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington, Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.